0: Thank you for tuning into this sermon from New Life Student Ministries. Our goal is to inspire, equip, and support our students and families with biblically rich and God-centered teaching. These messages are meant to be supplemental and not substitutional for our weekly gathering. We hope this sermon is a blessing to you and your spiritual walk. If you guys want to turn into your Bibles, if anyone still has that these days, um, thank you. (laughs) Is that Lily? Lainey? Nice, okay, cool. Um, Your classic, like, open the books in your, open those pages, chapter Luke, Luke chapter 11. Wow, book of Luke, chapter 11. We're going verses 37 through 52. It's kind of a hefty quantity of words, so if you guys just wanna follow along, feel free. But I'll wait till you turn there. I had junior hires a couple weeks ago go up and get Bibles and they were like, where's Luke? (laughs) What's the chapter? And I was like, oh no. Okay, so I'm just going to start reading. So you guys follow along. You can also close your eyes if you want to and just listen to the words. But it starts out by saying, when Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus did not first wash before the meal. Then the Lord said to him, now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but the inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, do not the ones who made the outside make the, also, make the inside also, but now as for what's inside you, be generous to the poor and everything will, clean, will be clean for you. "'Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give to a God "'a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, "'but you neglect justice and the love of God. "'You should have practiced the latter "'without leaving the former undone. "'Woe to you, Pharisees, because you love "'the most important seats in the synagogues "'and respectful greetings in the marketplace. "'Woe to you, because you are like unmarked graves, "'which people walk over without knowing it.'" One of the experts in the law answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us also, Jesus replied, and you experts in the law, woe to you, because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. Woe to you, because you build tombs for the prophets, and it was your ancestors who killed them. So testify, so you testify that you approve of what your ancestors did. They kill the prophets, and you build their tombs. Because of this, God in his wisdom said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and others they will persecute. Therefore, this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that has been shed since the beginning of the world. We're almost done. For the blood of Abel and the blood of Zachariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible for it all. Woe to you experts in the law, because you have taken away the key to knowledge You yourselves have not entered, you yourselves have not entered, and you have hindered those who are entering. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, guys, we're going to pray really quickly. Heavenly Father, we love you. And Lord, I thank you for the space that we were able to enter into just a minute ago during worship, a space of holy ground and a space where you meet us here in our sin nature you meet us here in the craziness of life in 2021 in Colorado at New Life Church Lord you are here with us and you are here for us so God I just ask that you would prepare the soil of our hearts to hear your word today I ask that you would um, just penetrate the deepest parts of our lives that you would transform us and sanctify us and make us more like you through your word so Lord come and have your way and prepare us in your name we pray amen Okay, guys, I know that was a lot, but I'm gonna kinda summarize it for you. I just didn't know how to summarize it without actually reading it. Um, But before I summarize, I'll give you a little context. Luke wrote this, obviously, but um, he was talking to a few different people, the Pharisees and the lawyers. And the Pharisees were people who knew the law of the Old Testament and they were there to kind of enforce the law. But what they loved was the affirmation of man. They really loved, um, they were, they loved that and they were motiva- motivated by like, the high fives and the hype of all the people around them and the lawyers were there to kind of enforce a law that they weren't really willing to follow themselves. So it was kind of like this hypocritical thing, like they were following the law of the Old Testament and like just historical priests that had like made up these traditions and these rules and they followed that, but they also imposed that on other people. And so it's a very legalistic mentality. Um, And so then they were, which is like, I guess I can kind of like picture it like even me, of sometimes I like, for people to see me as like kind of put together and like clean, like you're you're put together and happy and joyful. And that was for sure how I was in high school. People were like, wow, you're so happy and joyful. I was in the yearbook, voted one, most likely to get lost in my neighborhood. Fun fact, my neighborhood's a circle. Like you, you don't get, you can get lost, but there's like dead ends and I did, which is funny. And then the other one was like most joyful or something like that, which was very sweet. I was a cheerleader, so that kind of helped. But I was like, (laughs) you just see like what's on the outside but you really don't know what's going on on the inside. Can anyone relate to that? Where it's like, everyone knows what's going on on the outside but no one really knows what's on the inside. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Okay, so also in this whole passage, there were six woes and it wasn't like, whoa, bro. It was like, whoa, like, like Jesus was like, my heart grieves for you for what you believe. My heart is broken for you. So when it's saying woe to you, he's saying like, guys, like you got it wrong. Like my heart grieves for you. So just a little bit of context. But the six woes were specifically um, tied to tithing. So the Pharisees would tithe and he's like, they would tithe mint and rue and all of the garden herbs. And so I'm like imagining them like packing it all together and taking a 10th of that and taking that to the temple where it was like so legalistic, but people were like, wow, they're so diligent with their tithing. But on the inside, it was like they were, they, I don't know, they were just doing this for that affirmation from then. Um, the second woe was their reputation. People would fight for their reputation, like what people thought of them. And I would say that in my family a lot, like people saw us and they thought of my family as like this wonderful looking family from the outside. The inside, it was not the best. But then the third one is uncleanness. So he, even the Pharisee called Jesus out like, yo bro, are you not even gonna wash your hands before dinner? But it wasn't like a, like, your mom Lillian saying like, Lillian, go wash your hands before dinner. You've been playing outside all day. It's like, we need to do this ceremonial ritual so that you can eat dinner and not be condemned before you eat dinner. So it was like a huge deal which another fun fact, I'm really full of these today. The Some of the rituals of like, take like, they said an eggshell, they fill it with water. They'd pour water on the hand from the fingertips to the wrist. Then they'd like rub their hands together and then take another eggshell-sized cup of water, I guess, and they'd pour it from the wrist to the fingertips. And some would do that before every course. So like, imagine you're like cleaning your hands at like, before like you have salad and soup in your sandwich and you clean it before every single course. I think that's like a little ridiculous. But that's how they wanted people to see them as like checking the boxes of all the law. And then we have the fourth one which is heavy burdens. And that was the lawyers were imposing people to live in a way of like, like the burdens they carried were heavy where the lawyers were not willing to carry that. And then the blood of the prophets. Now this one got a little bit confusing um, The blood of the prophets were like, it was like the prophets had built these, or buried people that their ancestors had killed, but then they built statues on that, and it was like in that day and age, you weren't supposed to walk on unmarked graves because that was um, a sin and it condemned you, and so that was, it was bad in that light. And so when they did that, it was like, They were mocking the people who were dead. They were praising the people who killed them. And it was an unholy thing to do. So that was a little bit crazy. And then the last one was the key of knowledge. Which the key of knowledge is the word. It is Jesus. It's our salvation. And some people were making like the law look more attractive and more of the focus. And not Jesus. Like our key into heaven. So those were the six woes. And I want to get to little bit of the meat of this. Um, But yeah, so the key of knowledge was us getting to, oh man, lost my spot. This is good. Oh yeah. So, okay, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) It's a little bit crazy up here. It's like a whole stage, but anyway. Um, But yeah, the key of knowledge is like our salvation, our way into heaven, and people were blocking of that. So I'm going to head to point one where it talks about um, how like. Well, I kind of narrowed it down to, we behold a clean offering through Jesus. And in this way, I say clean offering, like Jesus was sitting there and he stopped the affairs. He's like, whoa, 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 wait. Like, no, it's it's not like I have to wash my hands before dinner. It's, hey guys, like we have to cleanse our hearts from within. And so he's they're talking about, I'll go back up to the first slide. They're talking about the cup that's clean from the outside, but he's calling, Jesus is calling the Pharisees out and saying, "Um, but your cup is full of greed and wickedness. So the Pharisees are talking about how the cup looks, like you see a dirty cup and they wash it like in the dishwasher, but inside it's still dirty. But Jesus takes it almost to like a metaphor and symbolically he's saying the cup is actually dirty on the inside from greed and wickedness. Which is saying like the Pharisees, they look good from the outside. Like a lot of us have said, we look good from the outside but what's on the inside is a little bit ugly. But through Jesus, we behold a clean cup, through Jesus. And I'll explain that a little bit more. But I went to school in Kansas for a little bit a couple of years ago, and I met a bunch of friends who I would say were the nicest people ever. And a lot of them practiced the Catholic faith. And the difference between like Catholicism and Christianity, it's, like there's, it's kind of great. It's really hard to understand the difference between them, But in like a nutshell, Catholicism says there's a lot more like work-based things to do. And Christianity is just a faith-based religion, faith-based relationship with Christ. And so I had these friends come out and they came snowboarding with us. And these kids are crazy. Like think, I had no idea they were this crazy. Think like shotgunning a beer at the top of the mountain, skiing down while drinking. Like, it was like, oh my goodness. He's like, video this. And I was like, oh, I n- I never seen them ever do that before. But they're like crazy, like partying that night. I was like, what is happening? Like, who are these people? And then then they we eat dinner, they take a nap, and they're like, okay, we got to go to Mass. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> come again, mass is like the Catholic church. So they were like, okay, shotgunning a beer, which is like, you just crack it open and you chug it really quickly. I'm not promoting this. I'm just explaining, but he, like they did that. And like, we're hyping each other up, like getting drunk. And then they ate, they chilled, sat in the hot tub. And then like, we gotta go to mass. But was crazy is like this whole blizzard was coming in and Mass was 25 minutes into town. So we were outside in an Airbnb and Frisco was the town where the church was. And so they're like getting all geared up, bundled up and they get in the truck and they start driving. And my friend and I were there because we we're like, we don't need to go to Mass. Uh, it's also a blizzard outside. And so we really we just stayed back and the blizzard got so bad and they ended up coming back within that hour. They're like, guys, what are you doing? And they were like, well, church was closed. So we got there and it ended up being closed because of blizzard, but I was like, why did you even want to go in the first place? And they were like, we have to go. And so I, I was a little confused. So then I got home and I asked some people and it was almost like they like, hope that God sees them at church and hopes that like, that will get them into heaven. And that broke my heart because they were willing to risk their lives in a snow blizzard to go to church just so that God might see them there, just so that God would like, let them into heaven. I was like, this is one Sunday out of your entire life. I think it's gonna be okay that you're not there, but it broke my heart. And so what I love that we as Christians, as followers of Christ, get the opportunity to know Christ and we get to worship him here in church, but we get to do that outside the church as well. We get to be in relationship with him like in our rooms, in our houses, at our schools, every, like any and everywhere, like the Lord is with us and he's for us. And it was really cute at kids camp. This kid, he like ran to his mom and he's like, guess what mom, we can worship outside. Like we don't have to just worship in church. And it was so cute because it's like, yeah, that's the only place we worship. Like we actually get in a room and we worship, but he was like, mom, we can worship outside, which I thought was like so precious. But like leading back to the cup analogy, um, the whole process of cleaning the cup from the inside is the sanctification process. And that process is, um, it's like it's becoming holy. And so the second point is we're sanctified through Jesus. And I'll explain what sanctified is. Um, It is like us set apart for a purpose. And so every person in here who has declared Christ as their Lord and their Father um, and has welcomed him into your life, like you welcome the Holy Spirit into your life and that's the process of sanctification. Like he's making you holy. He's transforming you. It's almost like your life is a garden and God's coming in your life and he's like weeding out all of the ugliness. Like he's pulling out those those like sin things those ugly things those mean things those like moments of anger those moments where you stumble and those moments where like you don't have clean thoughts or your words aren't honoring to the lord or honoring to your family like through this process of being in a relationship with christ we're sanctified through him and in turn god plants like seeds back into those holes of the dirt the ones that he weeded out the ugliness he's planting in the fruits of the spirit he's planting in like, the good things, and so people can see that it's not just us that, like, looks good on the outside, because honestly, we may not look good on the outside, but it's God that's good on the inside, and so I just think, like, that's, it's a big word, but it's something that we're doing for the rest of our lives. It is going through that process of being sanctified, of becoming holy, which is like Jesus, like, Jesus is holy. He's the perfect example, and we will spend our whole lives working through that. But I wanna clarify, like it's not a workspace thing. Like you don't have to like look good. You don't have to like stop vaping or stop drinking or sleeping with your girlfriend or boyfriend. It's not like, okay, I have to settle all these things and then make Christ the center of my life. It's let's make Christ the center and God's gonna work through all of that. Like sometimes we take that process and we flip it upside down and we're like, but I'm not good enough. Like I'm still messing up and I'm still stumbling and God's like, I know. That's why I want you here and that's why I'm, where I'm calling you is into my arms. And I love that. And so um, the last point is Jesus cleans our cup from the inside out. Now it's funny like a cup analogy, um, but I, I where's, is Mariah in here? my sweet friend, anyway, Tim's wife. We've been friends for a long time. And every time we hang out, she texts me after. She's like, my friend, like, I love you so much. Thanks for hanging out. Like my cup is full, my cup is full, my cup is full. And I love that because it's like, okay, it's not me that's filling her cup. She calls it her love cup. But it's like, when she holds baby, she's like, my love cup is full. Or when she spends time like in the mountains or doing something that she loves that brings peace. She's like, my cup is full. And I love that because then, from the, out, the flow of like what's in her cup, it like spills out onto others and like goodness spills out onto others. But I've also had friends where it's like, it's almost like you bump into their cup and like ugliness spills out and that's because what we fill with our lives is ugliness. And so I remember Pastor Brady brought this verse up a little bit ago and it's in Psalm 139 and it's a prayer. It's a prayer saying, search me God and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And this is such a beautiful prayer because when it's timeless, you don't just pray it one time or two times or three times. It's like to me, sometimes something I pray every single day. Sometimes I get in a funk and Carson can attest to that. I get grumpy, I do. And even if you're nominated, like, most joyful in high school, like, I get grumpy. I get hangry. I get tired. I get all these things. And it's, like, every morning I have to, like, recenter and be, like, Lord, would you search my heart and know me? And in my mind, like, I don't know if any of you, I used to watch Gold Rush, which is, like, this gold mining thing where these guys are, it's weird. I don't know why I watch these things. Up in Alaska, and they're just, like, these big burly dudes with, like, big scruffy beards. And, like, they're very like just introverted grumps, but they're there and all they're doing is like dredging holes, like they're digging massive holes into the ground, hitting bedrock, which is where it was like years and years ago, like gold would just wash underneath and then they'd get covered in rock, and so they're digging, 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 like we hit bedrock, and then they dredge it out. And so what the dredging does is it's pulling all of like the unnecessary parts, like the boulders, the rocks, the dirt, that's not gold and it's washing it all away. And so when i pray it's like lord would you dredge out the ugly in me because it could be buried very very deep like that cup in our life it could be very dirty and it could be a little dirty and then it gets more dirty and then it gets more clean like it's just this like ebb and flow of like back and forth of like asking the lord like cleanse my heart search my heart and know me because there's only one god that knows our hearts there's only one god that can clean our hearts and that's our lord that's our father and I love that. We have the opportunity to not like, we don't, we don't have to go to church every single day or <laughs> every single Sunday or every single Wednesday and we don't have to like pray a certain amount of times a day or we don't have to worship a certain amount of times a day or we don't, we don't have to do all these things just so that we can be in relationship with God. But when we do these things out of the like the goodness of our hearts and the desire then it's like, man, I would like to go back to church. Man, I would love to worship. Like even just like getting that feeling while you guys were here, when Victor took just like a couple extra minutes, which it's okay, by the way, you're always welcome to do that. (laughs) Um, You just take a couple extra minutes and you just like soak in the presence of the Lord. And I remember Pastor Andrew Art a few—it was actually a couple of years ago—he was talking about devotions and spending time in the Word, and and how do you even like feel the presence of God? And he's like, he was telling people like it takes so much time sometimes. But at like he was like, what I do is like I'm done with my devotion, and he's like, and I want to go like I got to get my day started. He's got kids, he's got like a job, like all these things. But he's like, I wait just a little bit longer. He's like, I just pause. And I wait and I'd love, that's what you guys just did. Like it's not that hard, it's actually really simple and you can do it wherever of just pausing and receiving that moment of saying like, Lord just be here with me today. You can even take that moment in silence and what I love is it just attunes our hearts to know God, attunes our ears to his voice and our eyes to see him and our eyes to see the people in front of us. Like all you guys, like we've prayed this all the time, like Lord would you show me a student that I need to talk to today? Because you know, sometimes we just have those really terrible days and you just need that one person to talk to you, but you're not willing to go talk to anyone else. And the Lord highlights those people. He gives us, like, remember their name. So it's like I see them, I'm like, okay, Lord, I remember their name. Like, go talk to them. And I love that. Like, the Lord will do that if we just pause and we allow him to speak through us and see through us. And it's just a beautiful thing. So I just wanted to read this as a reminder. So we can sometimes be a lot like the Pharisees and the lawyers, making ourselves look good from the outside. Making, not even like in the way you dress, but in your attitude, even in your prayers. Like I know that I was mortified to pray out loud. And I got in this job and they're like, pray here, pray there, like pray in this circle, pray in that circle. And I'm like, okay, I I was like, people are saying like, 15 minute prayers is what it felt like. You're like, how do you have this many words to say? And then and then I'm sitting there like Lord, thank you for this, thank you for this. Like, all right, bless this day. And I'm like, okay, break. But it's like the more you know the Lord, it's like a like if I just meet one person, it's like so Like, how you been, where you from? But then you have a friend that you've known for so long and it's like, hey, how was that thing last week? Or like, how's your heart doing? Or just like, you have those deep questions and those longer conversations. And that's like our prayer life with the Lord. That's like what it's like when um, we like, I don't know. We just, I just like, you love being in the presence of the people you're close to the people that you love the most, the people that you know you're safe around. And I want you guys to know like that's the Lord, but this is the Lord who not only helps us like fill our love cup, but he also cleanses us and he also makes us more like him. And in turn, like in us abiding in God, he then abides in us and then we become more like him. And then people are compelled to know Christ. So it's not even like, okay, I'm just gonna go preach to you, preach to you, preach to you. You look like you're having a bad day. I'm gonna tell you about Jesus. But it's like, okay, it's out of like you knowing God and God abiding in you, people are compelled to be with you. I see that with my sister, Natalie, like all the time. Literally random people are like, I'm getting coffee with your sister today or she's at Loyal literally all the time. I don't know how she made it through high school, guys. She graduated a year early because she was at Loyal like for eight to 10 hours a day. And I never started doing schoolwork. She was always talking to people, being like, Kath, the Lord told me to do this with this person and say this to this person. I'm like, I don't know how you did it, but congratulations. She finished high school a year early while also being obedient to the Lord. So like miracles happen, people, but <laughs> great job. <laughs> yeah, um, so I just, I want you to know, like out of that place of inviting the Lord into those deep places, into those painful places, into those ugly places. It's not even how we look on the outside, but it's inviting God into those places to become more like him. And so I do, I know that there's some people in here that are like, nah, that's not for me. I've like talked to people and they're like, like Catherine, I have slept with this person and this person and this person, God doesn't want me. And like, to me it breaks my heart because I'm like, no, that's the person that he wants. Like the person that doesn't think that they have value, God's like, I created you and you're my child. And there's also those people who are like, I've never really messed up in my life and I don't really know like the depth of God's love because I've been surfaced this whole time. There is depth. Like there's depth for all of us. There's relationship for all of us. I need, I like, I need you guys to know that. And I was the other week just like praying for you guys and I just got tears in my eyes and it doesn't happen a lot when I pray. I don't know, when I pray, when I pray, like when I'm hurting, I do. But like for other people, but it like, it broke my heart to know that we in this room know this story, but it hasn't transformed us. We know that God sent his son to live on this earth and to teach us these things. We don't have to live in the law anymore. We live in grace and we live in faith. But we don't. It's still like, I'm striving, I'm striving, I'm striving, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Am I doing this right? Am I praying right? Am I spending enough time with God? Am I talking to enough people at the lunch table? Like, am I doing, fill in the blank? I want to tell you, like, be free in knowing you do not have to do anything for God to love you and for God to choose you. He is a holy God who sees each and every one of you the way he sees his son and that is perfect and that is holy does that make sense i i i don't understand that god sees me as he sees his son like it it blows my mind but it it also brings me so much peace and so much joy knowing that like God sees me trying, but he also sees me abiding. He sees me struggling. He sees me like floundering, but he also sees me like just trusting in him, him believing, and he's with me every step of the way. So I want to read this to you from Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, and the band can come back up. Um, it says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. I wanna clarify the word gift means something we don't deserve and something we cannot repay. A gift from someone, sometimes a birthday gift is like, okay, wait, what can I do for you? Or someone brings over dinner when something happens, it's like, okay, you bless me then, I have to bless you then. But God's like, wait, 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 I did this out of the outflow of my love for you and you do not have to do anything, it is a gift from you. So I'll read it one more time. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. So when we have faith, we believe. You say, God, I choose you. I choose you to be my Father, my Lord, and I believe that you are my Savior. And it is not from ourselves. It is the gift from God, so not by works, so that we cannot boast. Where the Pharisees were boasting. They said, we did it all right. Jesus is like, you got it all wrong. That was so sad. It was like a slap in the face where he's like, you fools, you're doing it wrong. But he had enough grace for them to teach them how to live a holy life. And so I didn't tell you this at the beginning, but our God statement is Jesus is holy. And this whole passage is a warning from the kingdom saying, guys, wake up. Like this, this is a holy life we get to live, one by faith and not by works. And so as we go into this song, we're gonna go back into First Love, the song we just sang. And it's talking about I will love you with my whole life. It's like I will give you all that I have. And that is a complete and utter sacrifice saying God use me. Think of our, like our life being in a garden box. It could be all dead weeds. And God could literally pick everything out and plant all these seeds and there will be new life. And it's not anything that we have done, but it's by God's strength alone. So I want you guys to, you can spread out in the room, you can get on your knees, you can stay in your chairs, you can get up and worship, whatever that is. But I want you guys to ask the Lord to show you, what are those things he wants you to like weed out? What are those things you need to weed out of your lives? Um, Or maybe you don't even really know the Lord and it's all it is is praying, Lord, I want to make you Lord of my life. I want to invite you into my life so that it's not by my works that I make it through life, it's by faith. And I get to spend eternity with you. And that is so beautiful. Guys, like you walk in freedom knowing that you spend eternity with our Lord. That's such a freeing thing. So we're going to go into the song. I just want you guys to take the next five-ish minutes just to submit to the Lord, to let him heal you, let him take those weeds out, and let him plant new seeds in because he will. And it's a beautiful time. So if you guys could do that, then I will bless you after. Thanks again for listening to this message from New Life Student Ministries. If you want to keep up with what's happening with us, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at NL Student Ministries.